The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick uh, here to talk about the free agent wide receiver class today, one that's been talked about an awful lot on Twitter, is all I can say, and and uh, had changes that are significant in terms of, of players no longer available. We're recording this on March 11th, so this is some days before it will air, and things may change again. Kevin Ostreicher here to join me. Uh, Kevin, how you doing? Ken, I'm doing well. This is a very controversial group, especially as we head into free agency here. A lot of names out there, but not necessarily a ton that would fit this Ravens team right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we certainly have a, a fair number of older players in this group. Uh, the Ravens have done the free agent wide receiver retread a number of times uh, with very limited success. Steve Smith, really the one you would point to as being an older player that they picked up who still had something in the tank. Uh, after that, uh, you know, it's been all players in their 20s who've, who've done the producing for the Ravens. But uh, why don't we let you start it off here? We've, we've been doing this on a uh, alternate players, but you introduced the first three or so that are on the top of your list for for, uh, cost and benefit. Yeah, definitely. I, I think one that a lot of people are looking at here is Corey Davis. Davis is someone who had a breakout year for Tennessee in 2020, 65 receptions for 984 yards and five touchdowns was 15th in the NFL, averaging 15.1 yards per catch. And the thing with Corey Davis that intrigues me at least is the fact that he is coming from an offense in Tennessee that is very run first. And you look at some other guys, you know, people have linked Marvin Jones, who I'll talk about in, in a little bit. But for Corey Davis, he's someone who is big. He's physical. He has a speed element to him. And that's what the Ravens need. They don't need the the smaller slot guys. They, they have those and a bunch of talented mm-hmm. players there. But with Davis, he brings an element. He is a red zone threat. He is someone who is aggressive when catching the football. And the Ravens, sure, they have a guy in Miles Boykin who you know, is big, he does have some speed, but he's shown that, you know, he sometimes shies away from the ball, doesn't know the playbook as well as I think a lot of people would like him to, wasn't on the same page with Lamar Jackson. But with Corey Davis, his skill set really does intrigue me. It took a couple of years for him to really find his footing in the NFL, but he's now turned into a player that I think a lot of people thought he was going to be coming out of Western Michigan. Yeah, and the big number for Corey Davis for me is 10.7 yards per reception last year. Run first offense, of course, the player can often benefit from that. But he had a lot of targets, and 10.7 yards per target is the hot would be the highest total ever for a Ravens receiver. They've only had a couple over 10. Mark Andrews was at 11.04, and his rookie year was the highest ever. So that's not a number to be taken lightly um, in any sense. So it's not that he's not a good player. Uh, there is a question, of course, as to whether a receiver who would likely play on the left side of the offense is going to draw the kind of attention from Lamar that he should. Right. And with Davis as well, he had A.J. Brown there for his last few seasons in Tennessee, which took away some attention from Corey Davis. And I think that benefited him. So can he come into Baltimore and be the number one guy? Because with the contract, you would most likely get, which he is now arguably the second best receiver on the market with franchise tags to Allen Robinson and Chris Goblin applied. You know, it's really almost Kenny Galladay. And then you have Corey Davis. So the contract he gets, is that really in Baltimore's price range or could they get someone else? And I'll go right into the second guy here. I, I think Marvin Jones would be someone who the Ravens look at again. He is physical. He is kind of that big bodied guy. He's six, two, he is only 198 pounds. So he's not like a super athletic freak or anything. He will be here. He is 30 years old and he actually is someone who I think the Ravens could use. Now he comes from a high flying offense in Detroit. He also had close to a thousand yards in 2020 with 978 and scored nine times. But this is, again, the type of receiver the Ravens need. Physical, red zone threat for Lamar Jackson. If the Ravens are on the five-yard line, on the one-yard line, that's something the Ravens could use. I do not like to overplay the Ravens' need for a red zone threat. I think it's very overstated. If you look at the regular season, Lamar's never thrown interception in the red zone. They never run a fade route. And Lamar makes his own throwing lanes in towards the end and his own stresses upon the defense by moving laterally and creating extended plays that create uh, you know, the, the level 
thrown ball or a, a you know a non uh, looping trajectory on the football for the score. They rarely even go high in the middle of the field and run zipper routes as we, you know we remember with Bolden and Clarence Moore and receivers like that in the distant past. Uh, you know, he basically forces the defense to move to him, then finds the weakness and finds the receiver there. And so I don't honestly believe the Ravens need another red zone threat per se. I don't think that's a good reason to get a receiver. Uh, Marvin Jones has some ability as a receiver. Uh, in recent years, he's his run blocking has declined. And I really want to take a look at the tape to see if that's validated because the Ravens would need to turn him around in that category if he's going to be useful to them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, going back to that point in the red zone, what one play that I loved was when Lamar Jackson, I think it was a throw to Des Bryant in the end zone, I think against Jacksonville, where he moved the defense, Des Bryant comes back. And that's where I know, you know, Marvin Jones could be helpful, but again, does have some red zone presence. But again, as you mentioned, Ken, not the biggest or biggest reason in the world to go get a wide receiver. And then, I mean, moving into my third guy here, someone who I wanted to go kind of down the list and look at someone who might be a bit underrated. I think someone who the Ravens would love in this offense is potentially a guy like Rashard Higgins, someone who is six one, 198 pounds, and you know does have a few abilities that the Ravens could look at. Now, obviously, he's not the biggest name in the world. His nickname is actually Hollywood Higgins, so the Ravens, if they did make this signing, would have two Hollywoods on the team. But he is someone who has become Baker Mayfield's favorite target, I'd say. And with the injury to Odell Beckham, he really shot onto the scene. Didn't have these all-worldly numbers, but still put up 600 yards receiving, four scores. And, you know, how likely is it that the division rival would come over to the Ravens? Who knows? He also really likes his, you know, time in Cleveland. He's enjoyed it there. But I think for me, Richard Higgins provides some traits that I think the Ravens could use. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a fantastic acquisition. And, and if he's cheap... Um, jump on him in a hurry, but I actually think he'll get paid this offseason. You know, the, the wide receiver market, uh, there are a couple other guys that I'd like, but but Higgins is is probably the top guy for price. Uh, you know, if we're talking four to five million dollars a year. If we're talking eleven million dollars a year, I'm out. But he had eleven point five yards per target last year, nine point one for his career. The eleven point five last year is higher than any Ravens receivers ever had. He had two years ago, 2018, he had 10.8 yards per per target but he also had five yards per target in between uh it was only an 11 target season not not a a, you know a terrible way to think of it uh has only 12 career starts uh with 113 receptions in five seasons so there's not a ton to go on here but his 2018 and 2020 seasons were legitimately excellent and if there's a mid-range contract to be had this is the kind of player that the Ravens could feast on the rest of the league you know a league that has some haves and have nots and the haves are going to get the receivers that they want and they're going to they're going to get exactly there that's where Galladay is going to go whether that's the Colts or Jets or wherever it might be and you know the low end guys are going to have to take whatever's left over and the Ravens if you're looking for two to three million dollar free agents, the Ravens are the sort of team that'll be smart, hoard their money, and find ways to pay those guys. And and if Higgins falls into that group even a little bit higher, I think he's a guy the Ravens could definitely go after. Yeah, that, that 2019 season for Higgins was weird. He he came, he was in the Freddie Kitchens doghouse for a lot of that season and had a weird injury, I think. But he showed in 2018 prior that he was one of Baker Mayfield's favorite targets. And I think you made a great point there, Ken, about just 
if the Ravens decide to go a different route in free agency, whether that's signing a big money interior offensive lineman, a big money edge player, they're not going to have the money to make a run at these Corey Davis type wide receivers, maybe even Marvin Jones as well. And then they could shift their focus to the draft. So what they'd be looking for in free agency, if they were to even sign somebody was the fact that, yeah, you know, we can sign someone to a four year contract or four million dollar contract, a six million dollar contract and go from there and maybe target someone in the draft who could help fill those needs. One important thing about Higgins, and this is this is a, actually a position which has the most age variability in the free agency group. There's the youngest free agents of all are at wide receiver, and so are the oldest. Uh, going from uh, Fitzgerald at 38 years old is out there and, and may retire, but but he's he's available as of right now. And the youngest, I think there's a 24 year old available in this year's group. Now, I might be thinking of Juju, who's 24 now, but will be 25. Rashard Higgins is 26. He'll be 27 in October. That's damn young for a free agent. And is still a player who, if you sign him to maybe a three-year deal, uh, shouldn't, be, shouldn't have a tremendous decline phase through that period like you would expect with a guy who's maybe starting at 31 or 32. Yeah, and I think that's another big thing the Ravens should look at here is do these receivers fit the timeline for this team? And with the contracts that they get, I mean, there are receivers out there, as you mentioned, Ken, who are really young. Curtis Samuel is around 24 years old. And you have guys a little bit on the lower end, like Josh Reynolds, who's 26. But if you want to sign those guys to longer term deals for a little bit less money and hope they develop over the course of those contracts because they are a bit younger, have a bit more potential. And with the Ravens' new wide receiver coaches and T. Martin and Keith Williams, if those guys can get the potential out of them, I think those are great signings. And I think Higgins falls in that category. All right. Um, let's talk about some other names here. I, and I, I'll, I'm going to toss out the no names for me. The guys that no way, no how do I want them. And the first one is AJ Green as, as being an attitude issue from last year. The, the lack of effort was just so stunningly bad. I, there's no, I, I can see no redeemable quality. And it's interesting. PFF has him signing with the Ravens two years, 20 million. Yeah. Green for me is, is someone who look back in his prime. I would have loved him on the Ravens. He is someone who has a lot of physical traits the Ravens want, but did have a lot of those issues, as you mentioned, Ken, with his attitude. I think one of those, I guess, many outbursts came against Baltimore and he was, he was kind of on the sideline and not looking very happy. Mm -hmm. And, for the Ravens, Green is someone who almost like screams Raven, like a Raven signing right now. The veteran receiver, you look to guys like Michael Crabtree or, or someone like Jeremy Macklin in recent years, but he's someone that I think some people are really on board with because he is that big physical and, and I guess red zone targets, another way to put it, but I don't think they necessarily need him on the team as he is. Also, injury issues have been a thing for him over the course of his entire career. So even though he has had a lot of success against the Ravens, throughout his career. I don't think he's someone that I personally would like to see on this team in 2021. Is there another player that you that you like anywhere on the spectrum? Um, in terms of who I don't like, I'll throw out a name for that. For that, I think Juju Smith-Schuster for me is a name that I don't think fits this Baltimore team. He primarily plays out of the slot, and you know, is someone who can play on the outside if you want him to. But I think the Ravens just don't need him on this team right now. And he is 24 going to turn 25, but he's also going to demand a hefty contract. And for all the stuff that he does bring, I think the stuff that he doesn't bring and whether that's TikTok or whatnot, but also just on the field, I, I don't think he's a fit for me. 
All right. He's definitely a uh, he's one of those players that, at least from an age perspective, is right. But I would agree. I think his value may be held down. Um, I'm sure he'll be gone during the initial period of free agency, which is a big concern for the Ravens here, by the way, because they are well served to wait till the end of the compensatory pick exchange period. So they don't have to effectively sign a guy and also trade a third or a fourth round draft pick to get him by losing a compensatory pick in 2023, 2022. No. Yes. Yeah, I think so. 2022. But for me, the the compensatory pick, that's where you see guys cut like Emmanuel Sanders and and like golden Tate Sanders Mm. fits a bit more to me than I think Tate does. I think Tate is definitely a no for me. Sanders is intriguing. Although I, I still he, he wouldn't be my first choice, but we see guys like John Brown get released and there are still mm-hmm. probably, there, there might be a few guys released after this recording, right. As leading up to free agency happens, yes. but the Ravens, they love kind of almost exploiting the compensatory pick formula where they're going to sign some guys where this offseason at least, it seems like they're going to lose a couple of players who are going to get big money contracts who could potentially net them a third round compensatory pick in 2022. So with the Ravens, they have to make some decisions in terms of how many guys do we want to sign who are going to affect that and who are going to cancel each other out. And if that is a receiver like a Corey Davis, that could cancel out of Matthew Judon. Yes, and that that would be a be a problem. And of course, there's the reach up thing that you would you would lose the round higher rather than the round lower. So if they sign but somebody at a fourth round contract or even a fifth round contract, they might end up losing a third round pick for it. So they have to be very careful about that. And I think it means they basically have to wait for the bargain bid. But I also think that's where they'll completely dominate the rest of the league in terms of being able to scarf up the talent at the right price when when the largest contracts are out of the way. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is kind of an interesting guy to me and of the veteran receivers he might be a guy that i would give a chance uh he's had three straight years of between 8.9 and 9.0 yards per target that's excellent and it's very hard to be that consistent as a receiver uh he's had a catch rate of 70 more than 70 percent the last three years of course he did spend some of that in new orleans so drew Brees had some of it something to do with it but still a guy that that i think you know if you're going to sign an older receiver he might be the guy I'd want. I don't think John Brown will work in the system. He certainly didn't before. And in, in a lot of ways, he duplicates a lot, of, a lot of what Marquise Brown is in terms of a speedster, a, a guy who uh, you know you have to throw past the defense to get. So there's other guys I really don't like that much, but uh, Sanders is, the, is one of the older guys I would give a shot to. Yeah, I, I completely Likewise. agree with that. And I, I think for me... People have been comparing Emmanuel, like the Emmanuel Sanders signing to a Jeremy Macklin signing. I, I don't, I don't see that as as a viable comparison to me because I think Sanders has been a lot more consistent over the course of his career. I think you could For come sure. in and provide the Ravens with something that they currently don't have. A couple of things, honestly that the Ravens don't currently have. And one of the most, the biggest important things here is a veteran presence. And I think that's huge, especially in a locker room right now, a wide receiver room that has Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, and James Prochet, all guys who are entering their third year or less. And then, you know, moving into the draft, that's a whole different situation. But in my opinion, I've been on the train of the Ravens not taking a wide receiver in this draft. I know with how deep it is, they're probably going to take one. But 
now it begs the question of if the Ravens do take two receivers in the 2021 draft, they would have, I assume they keep six wide receivers. Can't, can't sign a free agent. Yeah. So yeah, I think that then you're entering the 2021 season with six receivers, all six of them entering their third year or less. There are things that veteran receivers do that sometimes rookie guys, second year guys just don't know how to do yet. Find soft spots in an NFL defense, work back to a quarterback when he's in trouble. And you know, you can't argue talent. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. On his talent, but a key point to me is, if the Ravens don't sign a receiver in this free agency class at all and go with two young receivers, how is that going to affect the offense? Okay, well, let me, let me give you the counterpoint to that, since we really need to have some balance here. Des Bryant was brought in to do just those things. So did Des Bryant find the spot? All over the <laughs> no. And, and do you think he really improved the culture of the clubhouse by being there? It's not apparent to me. Uh, it it might have been true, but it's not apparent to me that that happened. And, and he kind of had a little bit of a personal tantrum after being ruled out for that Dallas game in a way that was just, it wasn't ideal. You know, I quit, I'm done. You know, I mean, it just, it wasn't a good scene for Des here in Baltimore this year. And I, I know a lot of people wanted him, but that's what you get with an older receiver a lot of the time. In particular, if a guy's already had a bad year or he's been out of football, either one of those two, I usually say anyone over 30, just don't touch him with a 10 foot pole. Go ahead and, and, and move on to the next young player. That's the way you get some value relative to cap is, is in the draft. It's not via free agency anyway. So the surprise you usually get from an older player is usually a bad one. Yeah, and that is true. And part of the reason I think for that as well is I don't, Des Bryant was clearly, as we saw on Twitter after the season, was not very happy with his usage, just said that Baltimore was not the right fit for him. And that's another thing is receivers who are going to want to come to Baltimore in free agency, guys who I think have to realize they're not going to get you know, these 100 catch seasons for a thousand yards and 10 scores, they're going to come in here and play a role. They're going to be a number one wide receiver. If you're, you know, a Corey Davis or maybe even a Marvin Jones, but that's where people are looking at, you know, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas's crazy trade scenarios. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if these guys are going to be happy, you know, with, three targets a game and catching one ball for six yards. And, you know, looking at these free agent wide receivers, they obviously have a choice in where they go trades, you know, those kind of come together with two teams and not really a player's choice. But that's a big point to me is there are going to be guys who say no to Baltimore and free agency because they want more opportunities.
Ken, I think you're muted. I'm sorry about that. Let's continue on here, folks. This is the kind of thing that happens when you have people that are kind of nimrod technically. You tell me much earlier next time, but let's go back and talk a little bit about what I, what I was just saying is that, um, yeah, I think that, that a lot of receivers, uh, as you mentioned, are going to not like coming to Baltimore, uh, even if they realize their talents exactly fit an offense like this. And maybe Willie Sneed realized that, hey, this is not a terrible place for me. I'm going to get some receptions and I can put on display some of my other skills. Maybe Miles Boykin, you know, being in his in his third year now, realizes that I'm a, I'm a good run blocker, and maybe I could be a receiver. But it's also unlikely that I'm going to be able to break out um, under this circumstance and in this offense as it as it operates now. Yeah, and that's also with the young guys too. I mean, if you're looking at a guy like a Corey Davis or Juju Smith-Schuster, Davis I mentioned has come from a run-first offense, but maybe that's not what he wants. Maybe he wants to be in that high-flying offense where he's going to get over a thousand yards every year. And for you know maybe Juju Smith-Schuster as well, I'm not necessarily sure he's a fit in Baltimore anyway. But these young guys, I think they want an opportunity to go out there and prove themselves, maybe a bit more than these guys who are thirty and up. Right, the the guys. The guy who realizes he's good for Baltimore is the guy who is the ultimate exploiter of zone defenses. So the cut on a dime receiver um, who has really good box out skills with the football. The Ravens face almost exclusively zone defenses against them are a much higher proportion than other teams at the minimum because of who Lamar is. There's a lot of opportunity over the middle of the field. Some receivers don't want to operate there because they don't want to take the beating. Other receivers who are bigger could operate there. And, you know, that is the best reason, I think, to go over over a receiver, go for a receiver like Juju. Um, if, if you want less of the drama, that maybe Corey Davis is the guy that could operate in that area of the field, even though he really has been asked to do less of that in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And someone who I actually think is an intriguing option, again, maybe doesn't fill the exact role that Baltimore needs right now or has right now for a receiver. I mean, Curtis Samuel, someone who had a phenomenal year for Carolina, mm-hmm. is kind of a kind of a gadget guy now. He is 5'11", but still someone who had 851 yards receiving on 77 receptions, also had 41 rushing attempts for 200 yards. And I can't help but think what he would bring to this Baltimore offense and what Greg Roman could do with him if he's utilized properly. Yeah, exciting player. And and I start with the fact that he's 25 this next year, you know, and you, you rarely get the opportunity to uh, bring in and free agency a guy that young. Jefferson was the last Raven I can remember being signed at age 25. And I think he might have been 26 by the time the season started. Uh, you know, he caught almost 80 percent of the footballs thrown to him last year. That's that's remarkably good. And honestly, given his high catch rate, I don't really like the 8.8 yards per target, which is a good number. It'd be an excellent number for any Ravens wide receiver. It's better than Mark Andrews uh, it was last year, but it's still a, a number that for that high a catch rate, he probably should have done better. Yeah, that, that is true. And someone who, again, could be utilized in a ton of different roles, but we've seen, you know, the Ravens have had the ability and the potential to make all these, you know, gadget plays, let's say, with Marquise Brown on reverses and all these different things. And Devin Duvernay. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they did it. really taking use of it. Right. They did it sometimes, but in reality, they haven't really done it as much as I anticipated or expected them to, especially in 2020. So adding a player like Curtis Samuel, 
does that maybe force Greg Roman to do it more? Well, you know, we all expected that coming into the 2020 season with weapons like DuVernay and Marquise Brown, and it just didn't happen. So if the Ravens can utilize Curtis Samuel properly, he's more than a gadget player, of course, but he does have a ton of potential to do a bunch of different things in this offense if he is the one the Ravens sign. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, I, I, getting back to fundamentals with the Ravens offense, it's still an offense entirely built around Jackson and his capabilities. So they're going to always use misdirection on the run and you know the opportunity to use power among other choices if the defense is off balance. Um, they're going to they're going to try and run the football first. When you run the football, things happen. You take opportunities away from the passing game because you're running. And you run more time off the clock, which creates less total plays per game. Now, the Ravens in 2019 had an absurd number of total plays because they were out snapping every other team by 18 or so per game. That's not, that didn't happen in 2020. But the 2020 offense obviously had some injuries, had some problems, lost Hurst, uh, you know, had a tackle situation, the offensive line, you know, having the snap problems and some of the other issues they had. Uh, they weren't quite as good. But the offense run around Jackson, I don't think you can really find fault with it i don't think i don't think it's easy to find fault with roman's offense given how good it's been for the last two years it's been a near historic level offense and it doesn't need an overhaul damn it so if you're a receiver and you expect to get 100 <laughs> targets here you probably won't get that Right. Ab- absolutely. The Ravens aren't going to change into this, you know, they're, they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game offense overnight. That, that's not what this offense is built for. And I think we saw that over the first half of the 2020 year where the Ravens were almost struggling to find an identity after being one of the most historic rushing teams ever in the NFL in 2019, which honestly confused me a ton because, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they, they honestly don't have a ton to fix because if they can just work their passing offense to be just a little bit better, they don't have to be a top 10 passing offense. If they can just be a little better, get Lamar Jackson, a couple more weapons, this offense is going to be phenomenal again, like it has been over these last couple of years with Lamar Jackson, because when Lamar Jackson is at the helm, great things do happen. And with the Ravens, they're always going to be a run first team, probably with Lamar Jackson at the helm, just because his capabilities, as you mentioned, or just that, but the passing offense, he is a great thrower of the football, and he needs some weapons to do that. All right, well, over, over the last 39 games, the Ravens have been, the, I would argue, the greatest run offense in NFL history. That's since Jackson's first regular season start, counting those games. They obviously set the all-time record for rushing. They had the fifth highest total for all-time rushing. And those last seven games, some people forget, Jackson didn't throw the ball a whole lot. They went 6-1, and one, averaging over 200 yards a game rushing during that period in 2018. It's been an amazing run, guys. There is no reason to completely change what's happened. Jackson will advance as a quarterback some each year, but it's still going to depend on how do the Ravens continue to run the fall effectively and how do they continue to manipulate zone defenses. So if you're looking at a wide receiver, it's got to start there. It's It's got to not start as we need a true X receiver who could be targeted in nine different locations on the left side. It's going to be we need a, we need a guy who can play on the left side, uh, cross through the middle, and knows how to use his body and knows how to use space uh, in zones to, to present himself to Jackson. Right. As long as they fit this Ravens offense, they're a phenomenal signing. They don't have to be the, the splashiest signing. They don't have to throw $80 million at a guy. As long as they fill a role and fit the offense and are happy playing in Baltimore with the fact that, hey, I'm not, I know I'm not going to get a thousand yards a season in this offense, but I know I'm going to win and be a part of an, an historic offense. That's what matters. And the biggest spenders aren't always the biggest winners. You have to be able to understand how a guy fits your offense. And with the Ravens, 
they have a couple of needs at receiver. You know, they, they definitely do need to add some players, but it's not like they need to trade everybody and start over and rebuild and become this high-flying offense because when the whole NFL was throwing the football 50 times a game, the Ravens proved that they can do it their way and still be successful. Right. Very, very much so. I've got one other guy on the wide receiver list that I think maybe would be an interesting name for the Ravens because I think as a big body, he makes sense. As a blocker, he makes sense. And hey, he had 9.0 yards per target with San Francisco last year and not a great offensive situation, not a perfect offensive situation anyway. And that's Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Still only 25. He'll be 26 in August. So He's got the youth thing going on. Uh, caught 49 balls last year. Not, not an expect, especially flashy catch rate for his career at 63%, but the 8.1 yards per target career is good and definitely is a, is a size guy who gives you that opportunity to exploit zones, zones and use a big body. Of the other guys there, and I have no idea what he'll end up making, by the way. There may be somebody else who's really willing to pay him, but if he's, if he's available – uh, you know, at, at a at a low to mid range signing, I think he's a guy the Ravens could look at. Yeah, he almost falls into the Rashard Higgins category in a way, just yes. because you know the Ravens, if they decide to go with a Corey Lindsley in free agency or whatnot at, at a different position, a high price signing, the Ravens are going to have to start looking for those guys who are in the Rashard Higgins or Kendrick Bourne range. And Bourne is someone he has that size, as you mentioned, and he also could be a fit just based off of. Again, he's not going to warrant 10 receptions a game and in a thousand yards. He, he, I think, knows that he would have a role to fill. And he's someone who I think would be a great fit in this offense. And someone who I've also seen linked to this team is Nelson Aguilar, the wide receiver who played for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. A, a bit of a speedster. He ended up catching 48 passes for 896 yards and eight scores with the Raiders in 2020. And someone who could be a, a nice piece in this offense. I don't think he checks all the boxes but again someone whose name i've seen linked to the ravens a a couple of times who knows how accurate those reports are but just some food for thought here he's six feet 198 pounds and he's 27 years old so it could be another guy to look at yeah positive things he'll be he'll be 28 in may so that's his football age for this year and by the way those are the ages i'm giving here football age for 2021 because i think that's irrelevant for who, who we're signing the big number for Aguilar is, is almost 11 yards per reception last year for, for Las Vegas. That's terrific. Didn't do it with a real high catch rate. Uh, he's got to do other things for the team. He's got to make sure he's a, uh, a decent blocker. I really don't know much about him as a blocker in his career. I mean, I could look it up, look up what PFF says, but I'm not going to do that. I, I just, I, I don't know what he's done. It's possible anyway, that wherever he's been, whether it's been Philadelphia or Las Vegas, that wasn't primary to them and they didn't have good coaching really forcing that upon them. But, uh, uh, the other, the last guy I'll mention is Terrell Williams, who is uh, almost 10 yards per per target career, 9.9, really not well known other than for missing time with injuries. But what do you think about him? Tyra Williams, who played for the, the Raiders last year. Uh, the Raiders last year, yes. Yeah, I think he's with Detroit. I think he signed with Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Did he? I think, oh. I think so. <laughs> But, he's but, off the but would have been, but would have been a good fit. I think that's the type of guy the Ravens are looking for. And you know, I think the deal for him was one year, six million. And I think that's right around the range. If you're looking for, you know, average value per year, I think that's the type of range that the Ravens will ultimately be looking at. And, and in this market, you're looking for guys who can help your offense, but you're also not looking to overpay. But sometimes, if you have a need, 
you're going to have to overpay because there are other teams who are out there who are going to be in bidding wars with you. So if you have to overpay to get a guy who perfectly fits your offense for, you know, maybe $2 million overpriced, $3 million overpriced, I think that's a fair thing to give because you're not always going to be able to be the only guy targeting someone. No, that that's certainly true enough. So you, you have to have a valid alternative that's on the efficient frontier to not overpay by two million. I agree if if that's your your right. statement. So yes. You need to have somebody else available who's you know eighty percent of the player at twenty percent of the price, yes. or, or you know on that same line. Anyway, great discussion here. Always appreciate having you on, Kevin. Thanks for catching me on Terrell Williams. It's, it's a fluid market. I'm, I am not keeping <laughs> up with it in every season. A lot to do. Uh, but tell people where folks can find your work. Yeah, absolutely. My, my work is I host the Locked on Ravens podcast five days a week. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Also, I am on Twitter at chaosstriker 34 where I post updates and analysis. And also the Locked on Ravens Twitter is at Locked on Ravens. All right, great. Folks out there who want to get on a uh, film study short this offseason, we're now entering a hot period for that with a draft coming up. Uh, we'll be doing a, a fair number of draft shows. We also have some spots open uh, to record shows. If you have a passionate your, a topic you're passionate about, about the Ravens, send me a brief synopsis of that. We'll get right back to you and talk about it. Ideally, a very focused topic you can talk about in 15 minutes. So I don't want to I don't want to have I can't have anybody on who thinks they can fix everything about Roman's offense uh, on one show. Pick something about Roman's offense you want to fit, fix, and we'll talk about that. Anyway, really appreciate having you on, Kevin. Thanks again, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.